So hey, as we do that, um, today we're talking about something that honestly, if you guys can grasp it and get it, it's going to change your life. If you can understand what we're talking about and if you can, if you can own this, it can change your faith, it can change your life, it can change the trajectory of everything. And um, the reason why I love talking about this and the reason why this is going to be our focus for the next two months, use your gifts, um, is that if you look at any movement that has started in history, whether that's like movements within the church, civil rights movements, any like positive momentum and movements, that usually the youth are what start those things. And it's, it's teenagers who understand that the low expectations that have been put on them by whoever that is, whether that could be sometimes parents, sometimes it's culture, that those low expectations don't need to hold people back, but they can really um, step up and contribute in ways that change the world. So any, any movements that have started within the church, like they're, they're, often, they're often coming from, from this. And so, hey, as we, as we talk about using our gifts, I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, finish this sentence. I think I'm gifted at fill in the blank. Okay? It's going to sound kind of weird because you're like, I don't know, should I talk great about myself? Um, you know what? Just go for it. I think I'm gifted at, so turn to the person next to you, fill in that blank. I think I'm gifted at what? <laughs> All right. You guys can bring it back in. So, was that, was that hard for you to think about for some of you? I think sometimes you might be like, well, my mom told me that I'm gifted at, you know, like sometimes the things that we know about ourselves are really because other people show us. Um, and, and here's the thing, a lot of people spend a lot of time working on their weaknesses, which is a place for that, you know, get better at the things you're not good at. Um, but there's a lot of studies and science out there that's saying, actually, you should see what you're already good at, find your strengths, and leverage those um, to change the world. So you sh we should also work on our weaknesses, but also this, the, I think more importantly, find the things that God has wired you, created you for. Find, discover those things. And here's the deal. A lot of us, we don't know if we're good at speaking up front. We don't know if we love serving the poor because we haven't done those things. And so this series, like we're going to have a quiz at the end of this that we've created specifically for this. Um, and here's the thing. You might, you might not get things on that that you're actually gifted at, but you've just never tried them. Like, you've never tried working with people with special needs. You've never tried leading worship. You've never, like, you don't know you're good at these things because you haven't actually tried. So this period of high school is you guys stumbling and trying to figure out and practicing, like, okay, what, what could I be good at? It's you just um, going for it. Um, so even if you don't know what your gifts are, I guess I'm saying, um, this is going to be a cool two-month season where you're figuring that out. Um, cool. If you have your Bibles or if you just want to look on the screen, we're in John chapter 4. And we just finished this book of Exodus. Um, we, well, we finished this part of the book of Exodus where they get to the point where they're set free, where they cross. Um, we, we just had this Passover where after the Passover, after God sends the plague that kills the firstborn, the Pharaoh lets them go. Eventually, they're able to, to cross the Red Sea. And the thing about this, this story is that the word for worship, because God's always like, okay, we want my people to go to worship me, and, to worship me. The Israelites should be free to worship me. That word for worship is actually the same word that Pharaoh uses when he talks about slavery. They're both serving. So Pharaoh wants the Israelites to serve him, and God wants the Israelites to be free to choose to worship and serve him. So they're serving either way. And so that's kind of how we're transitioning into this time of, of serving others. Um, so Jesus, in John chapter 4, this is right after the woman at the well, if you know that story, he offers her living water, and the disciples of Jesus are concerned because Jesus hasn't eaten anything in a while. Okay, he's just going for it, and, and he hasn't stopped by a Chipotle or whatever. And John 4, 31 through uh, 34. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, Rabbi means teacher, eat something. Have you ever been, like, so busy you just <laughs> forgot to eat? <laughs> Jack's like, never. 
I always remember. That's actually, it's like Will at, at noon every day. We got to go eat right now. Hey, you're on the time schedule. I love it. I appreciate it. And, um, but, but he said to them, I have food to eat, which you, I'm so sorry, which you have nothing, you know, which you know nothing about. What? Jesus is back in some food that nobody knows about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? What is this food? Jesus is talking about, Jesus is talking about food metaphorically, as we can see right here. Um, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me. So to do the will of the Father who sent Jesus. To do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. So food is good. Consuming food is good. But what Jesus is saying is there's something more important. That what fills me isn't to get filled by other people. But what fills me is to fill other people. What fills me isn't to be filled by other people and to get more food or whatever and to be served. But what fills me is to do the work that, that I have been placed here to do. That's what fills me. Later in John, he'll say this. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And Jesus says, if you want to follow me, if you, and, and a disciple is just someone who follows Jesus, if you want to follow me, then you need to be more concerned about serving others than you are with being served. Um, and that's why he says, um, he says this, if anyone would come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So if you want to follow Jesus, you have to deny yourself. And this is crazy because we're in like this culture where like, I think the number one job of it, like what a teenager wants to be when they grow up is famous, which is crazy. Like we want, we want to promote ourselves, focus on ourselves. Like we're so concerned with ourselves, but Jesus says my life and what I have to offer you is diametrically opposed to it being all about you and you serving yourself. Um, if we want to be a disciple of Jesus, it's less about us and it's more about him. And which is crazy hard because this is against our nature, our fallen nature. Um, you don't have to like teach a baby to sin, right? Does anyone have like any cousins, nieces in here, right? Like you don't, you do. And you don't need to teach them to like be selfish, right? It's like you have like, they have the toy and you take it away. Like they, and, like eventually they yell mine, right? Um, you don't teach a baby to be selfish. They're born selfish. Like we're born into sin. And so it's hard for us to hear this because um, we're born into sin. Also, we have a culture of it's all about me. And um, there's all these movements within hotel industries and in entertainment in general to personalize your entertainment experience. Because um, it's all about you. The customer is right. Um, and a lot of this kind of started um, in like the 70s because there used to be this place called the Golden Arches called McDonald's. And at McDonald's, um, if you uh, ordered a burger, you would always get the burger the same, right? You would get two all beef, all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickle, onion on a sesame seed bun. And you might say, but I don't like ketchup. Too bad. You got to scrape that thing off yourself because they made them all the same. But then there was this, this organization, this fast food chain, and they were kings. And they came on. <laughs> and they had a different perspective. And let's watch. <laughs> the best part of that whole thing, Lynn is, Lynn is singing this song up front. So... um. That's, that's kind of funny, but um, this, this, this like mindset of, of consumerism has actually invaded our church. I don't, um, like if you've heard people who have said like, you know, I'm just kind of trying to find the right church. I'm just church shopping. Have you heard of that? Like I'm just, just trying out different things. And then I've heard people say, um, I'm just trying to find a church that fits my needs where all my needs are fulfilled. Um, I think we should care about what church we go to. I think you should care if they're theologically sound, if like there are people there who um, can help you grow. Um, but often the preferences that we have about like 
the worship styles and like what all the programs they have, you know, it, it's not the, the most important things, but there's this whole movement of like, I just want to find the church that fits my needs. Um, I, I, I want to find my, my church. I want to shop for that thing. Um, and I, and like people stop going to churches cause they're like, I'm not being filled, you know? And this is a problem because really what we're going to find is like the church is, the church exists to help us grow. Um, but really what, what we're going to talk about today is the church is us. We are the church. And so if we ever complain about the church, like, oh, I hate the church. The church is bad. We are the church. The church is not a place. The church is a people. Have you guys seen, like, Thor Ragnarok, where that's, like, the whole thing? Yeah. Ragnarok's not a place. It's a people. And, like, they repeat that line over and over again. Um, they stole that from the Bible, I think. <laughs> I can make a whole argument on that. Um, but our call is not to just want to consume, consume, consume. It's that we are called to be spiritual uh, contributors. So you can write that in. We're, we are spiritual. We are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. Okay, so we're going to rank ourselves. Uh, it's going to be a little weird, um, <laughs> but I'm into it. So um, we have this scale between spiritual consumer and spiritual contributor. So, um, and don't put 10, by the way, anybody, because that's Jesus. So, but if you feel like you came to church today, somebody else made you a pancake, you came in, you only talked to your friends that you came here with, and you sat down, and you're about to leave, and, and, and the offering plate went by, and you didn't put anything in it, and you've never put anything in it, and you've never done anything to serve in children's ministry, and even in, like, your own life, you've never done anything to, like, to fight for the rights of the poor, or, like, if you've just, kind of life is all about you. If that's you, we're to say you're a two. You're not a one, because that's Satan. Okay. Um, cool. We're just being honest here. Um, if you, um, you might be like a four, you know, like, okay, I, I worked with VBS this year, or, um, you know, I give sometimes when I really feel it, um, you, you know, and, and maybe a, a couple times I, I've given money, or a couple times I've set aside time, but, and then one time I invited somebody to church, and you might be like a four or a five, um, and then other people, uh, you might be, let's be honest, you might be like an eight or a nine. We have a lot of eight or nines in here. Um, and you're like, you serve every chance that you get. Sometimes you do things behind the scenes, so that even when no one sees. And maybe, um, dude, you, you have a pattern of giving regularly and offering, and you, you pray for people. Um, you have like, maybe you have prayer cards that you're praying for people for. Um, and you, you know, like, like, if you see trash on the ground, you clean it up, right? You feel bad when you leave church and there's like all this trash in the well room. And that's you, right? Um, and, and you're rocking it and you're using your gifts and you're serving. So you might be an eight or like a nine. Um, Cool. So that's kind of where that is. So, so take a second. No one, we're not going to turn these in. Um, but just take a second and like even mentally think about where you are right here. Think about where you are on this little graph. So um, here, here's the thing. If you are a six or below, this message is for you. Um, honestly, it. If you're six or below, that's probably almost most of us here. It's probably 80% of us would say, you know what, honestly, I've kind of thought of church as being more like a movie theater where I go and I'm entertained, and I'm kind of on the sidelines, right? That's a lot of us. Um, and if you feel like you're an eight or a nine, um, work on humility. I'm just kidding. Um, if you're an eight or a nine, and honestly, for this series, dude, people need you to hear them, affirm them in their gifts. You need to find people, and you need to encourage them. If you feel like you're an eight or a nine, this, this, these next two months are about you encouraging, building up, and affirming other people in their giftings, and you creating opportunities for other people to serve alongside you, okay? So it's not like you have a crown now, um, a Burger King crown, because you're a nine. Okay, cool. So um, what does it mean to serve? Well, there's a few things. The first one, God calls you to serve at his church. So God calls all of us 
to serve here, wherever, whatever church you go to, whether that's Trinity, um, whether or not for, like when you guys go to college, you're probably going to go to another church, right? Because you're probably going to move away. And when you have a family, you might not be able to live in California because it's expensive, right? And there's going to be a time, like, by the way, Trinity is not the hope of the world, right? Um, Jesus is the hope of the world. And Jesus is here, which is awesome. But like, there's going to be a day where you're not at Trinity anymore. Uh, for a season or because you move churches. And whatever church you're at, you need to do whatever you can to leverage your gifts, your money, your talents to build up that church. Whether that's in, in, in serving, like all these high school leaders who are here and serving in, in, in a ministry, like children's ministry, high school ministry, it's in giving your money um, to, to support what God is doing there. So all of us are called to do that. And we all kind of know that. Serve at this church. That makes sense. We should be serving here. But the second one is kind of something that we often don't get. God calls us to be the church in his world. This is something crazy that we don't understand. For the first 313 years, there was zero buildings when it came to Christianity. Zero buildings. It was illegal. It was illegal to be a Christian. Christians were persecuted, burned at the stake, killed. Today is Reformation Sunday. A lot of us in Fellowship Hall were wearing red. Red represents the blood of the martyrs, the people who died for their faith. So for 313 years, we couldn't do what we're doing here today. This would be illegal, which is crazy. Actually, for most of, like, most of history, what we're doing, it's crazy. It would be illegal. Um, and, and so in 313, at the Edict of Milan, Constantine legalized Christianity, and that's where you start to get all these like uh, fancy churches and stuff like that. And I think it's awesome that we do meet here, uh, that we meet in a church. There's a place for us to gather. But when, you, when we, we don't go to church, okay? We don't go to church. We are the church. I'm not saying we're going to stop saying, are you going to church tonight? Like, I'm not going to be like a, I'm not going to freak out on semantics. But really, we are the church. We don't go to church. We are the church. And we exist for the world. Uh, we don't go to church. We are the church. And we exist for the world. The church does not exist for us. We are the church. We exist for the world. Um, cool. So God calls us to be his church in the world, which means like the way that you love people on your sports team, you're, being, you're bringing the church to those people. The way that you fight for justice, the way that you care about people who are poor, the way, like all of those things that we do outside of this place, that is still us being the church in the world. Um, cool. And so we have different gifts that God has given us to, um, to do that. And uh, in Romans 12, we'll put that on the screen. Paul says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And this is like one of like four different lists of different gifts in scripture. Next Sunday, Naya is giving a whole breakout session on spiritual gifts where we will have surveys if you want to figure out what your spiritual gift is. A spiritual gift is um, someone who accepts Christ um, and comes to know him. You receive the Holy Spirit and you get a special spiritual gift. And that gift is for you to use for God um, to, to build up his church here and in the world. Okay, so that's what that is. So she'll talk about that next week. Um, but I, I like to think about like this apple pie. You got a little apple pie on your sheet. I think there's one up there. Um, so if we were sitting down and having lunch today, and we ordered a special apple pie uh, for lunch, we had, we had that as dessert, right? The person comes by, would you like to order something? We're all like, mm, no, this time we said yes. We're ordering this apple pie. And if that apple pie were to just hit Will in the lap, right? It's all over, apple pie. Okay, um, how would your response be? If you would be someone who at first you would jump up and you'd say, okay, I'm going to go get the towels, I'm coming, I'm just, and, you, and, you, and, and within 30 seconds, you're out, and you just have all these things from the bathroom, and you're ready to help Will <laughs> with the pie. Um, if that's you, you probably have the gift of service, okay? Um, also, what could happen is um, you, you could be someone where, where, right in that moment, 
Um, you, you just, you're like, you know what? Hey, waiter, waiter, another apple pie. We need two more apple pies. Come on out here, right? You have the gift of giving and generosity, right? That could be you. Um, you could also be someone who's like, oh, man, apple pie, that's crazy. Ah, I spilled an apple pie yesterday on me, and then you spill it right on your pants too, right? <laughs> you have the gift of hospitality, and you want everyone to be like, to feel good, and you don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable, and that's awesome. You have the gift of mercy. Um, Okay, you might be the person where right away after the apple pie goes down, you're like, you, get the towels. You, call 911. You, get the apple pie, right? Because it could burn. Who knows? If that's you, if you're like, you do this, you do this, you have the gift of administration, right? And you're able to organize people and delegate. Um, the apple pie spills, and you might be someone who's like, mm, that wasn't the way you are supposed to be eating the apple pie. Shouldn't have done it that way. You should have. You should have had a fork. You should have cut it like this. You should have. Why was it close to the table? What were you doing with your water there, right? And you might have the gift of prophecy, right? Um, you're calling out the things. You're calling out the things in will. Um, you know, um, or you might be like, oh, you know, the the word for pie in Hebrew is shabalala, and if, if that's you. You're probably a teacher. Um, so that's a funny way for me to say. Um, just how you respond in that situation shows that we are all different. We, we have different responses to things, right? And sometimes we feel guilty because we don't respond in the way that some of our friends do. But really, God has wired you and designed you to respond in different ways. And so this series is about you finding those things. Because we, we don't need a lot. Like in the Bible, it talks about how like, we're the body of Christ. Jesus is the head. And we don't need a ton of ears, okay? Like, we need two, right? We don't need seven. That's weird, okay? Um, so we don't need everybody to, to get up here and speak and lead worship. We don't need 15 worship leaders. It'd be hard to rotate that, right? <laughs> Just to be honest. But we need everyone using their gifts um, to, to own it. Um, and so today, um, I'm really excited. We, we just have a, a couple of glimpses into what this could look like with a couple of our leaders being able to share. Um, so I want to invite up Lynn. She's going to share about kind of her journey with discovering some of her gifts. time where I um, had a lot of head knowledge of God, but I didn't really have a lot of heart knowledge of God because I wasn't using my gifts. And um, I, I did the Alpha course, and it really resonated with me. That was like in my late 30s, and I just thought it was the greatest course ever. And I started inviting people, and I got involved in leadership, and there were two women who were so wonderful. They mentored me, and they said, you know, you have the gift of evangelism. And I said, oh, no, I have the gift of hospitality. And they're like, no, you're inviting all these people. You're so excited about sharing your faith. And as I kind of thought about it, I prayed about it. We did a retreat, and we took the test. And I really did have the gift of evangelism, but I didn't really want to be that person because I am, I'm the number three on the anagram. I want to be liked. I want, you know, I don't want to offend people. And, but I really had this passion to share my faith. And as I kind of looked back at my spiritual journey, I realized when I was in here in junior high and I accepted Jesus, he did give me that gift of evangelism. I mean, I ran out to my best friend who was Jewish at the time, and I was determined to bring her to church and make her a Christian. And I, my heart was so heavy for my parents who didn't know the Lord. And I just looked back at um, people placed in my life, and I realized, like, God has plans for me for evangelism. So I kind of got busy with it, and I embraced it. It was a little hard. As I said, you know, I, 
um, I, I didn't want to offend people. I wanted people to like me. But as I started talking about my faith and becoming more comfortable, God gave me um, a boldness, and I started wanting to please him more than people. And then I started seeing fruit, and um, I just had this passion. I, I would be at the grocery store and talking to the uh, cash register person, and I'm like, I'm looking at him thinking, do they know the Lord? Or, you know, they, they look sad. And God started kind of opening up my spiritual eyes and ears and really started using me. And I saw, and just seeing the transformation in people and then their maybe spouses and then their, and their kids um, brought me so much joy. And um, there was one story I'll share with you um, where I kind of, I had to lean on the Lord and um, I was leaving church and one of my sons was playing basketball. It was a Sunday morning um, over at CT. And so I had just enough time to go. I needed to go get him a Band-Aid. And I thought I'd run to Starbucks and get a coffee. So I run into Rite Aid right here on 17th Street. I get the Band-Aids. And I get behind the line of a woman who's just, like, so sad. And she was, I think, maybe even in tears. And she had, it looked like she knew the, the cashier. And she was just telling her story, and she was so, so sad. And all these bad things were happening to her and her family, and I'm just kind of like watching my uh, watch, and and then she leaves, and then I get my Band-Aids, and then I head out, and I hear God saying to me, reach out to that girl. And I had just come up from church, and I was so filled with the Holy Spirit. Like, I was filled with love, and, and I fell for this woman. I felt compassion, and it, I was getting that strong nudge. Go to this woman. Go to this woman. And I was like, but Lord, she's going to think I'm crazy. You know, she doesn't know me. I mean, what do I run after her? You know, you know, hit her on the back. Hey, you know. And and so I watch her go in her car, and I and I don't do anything. And I get in my car, and she pulls out, and I pull out behind her, and I'm on my way to Starbucks. I go right and do the U-turn, and she's doing the same thing. And I'm um, and I pull into right where Lampos used to be right behind her. And so then she pulls into the Starbucks parking lot, and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to Starbucks. And sure enough, I end up right behind her in line at Starbucks. So I recognize God wanted me to reach out to her. So she, I hear her placing her order, and I kind of tapped her on the shoulder right behind her, and I said, my name is Lynn. I was right behind you in line at Rite Aid. I am so I'm so sorry about what's going on in your life. And I just want you to know there is a God that loves you so much. And he cares about you. And can I just buy your lattes? And she looked at me. And all of a sudden she burst into tears, throws her arms around me. And she's just crying. And she's like, thank you. I just needed to hear that. And, and I'm like, oh, no problem. And and so she gets, she had ordered like three coffees and she thanked me. We had a really sweet, beautiful moment. And then she walks out and I, um, I'm feeling really joyful and, and I'm, and I go to order and pay and the, the Starbucks, um, the guy at the cashier is like, they're all on me. 
I'm by, he had heard me talking to her, and he's like, all of your coffees are all in me. That was so cool, and the people behind. Anyway, but what I'm saying is, is, it's a sweet story. I left that day, I felt so used by God. I was in my gift set. Um, I felt so much joy. I was able to bring her joy, and um, and I was able to witness to like the people in line and the Starbucks guy. So anyway, um, God will give you the supernatural ability, and you will be able to do things that you couldn't do um, on your own, but you have to be open to it. And, you know, he gives you a little, and he sees what you do with your gift, and then he gives you more and more and more. And um, I kind of liken it to a sponge. Like, I, I think for years I was kind of a dry sponge. I was a Christian, but I was kind of lightweight, and I could be tossed around. But as as the Spirit just started pouring into me, as I started, I weighed more, and um, I was able to be more useful. I, I was, like, strong in my faith, and God used me more. So um, I guess I just want to say is when you are using that gift that God gave each one of you, as we serve, he gives us, um, we become humble. We're in, in that humility, and we become more compassionate, then he could really use us with that humility and compassion and that inwardly strength and outwardly focus, we can produce lasting fruit and we can really, really change the world. Um, so I just want to encourage you in this series to find your gift and really start to grow and lean into what God was showing you. Awesome. Thanks, Lynn. So, um, yeah, you can hear evangelism, hospitality, um, probably mercy in there somewhere. So different spiritual gifts. Um, so and uh, now I'm, I'm, Adam wants to, he, doesn't, he might not want to, might not be his gift, but he, I'm making him. Um, you, you probably see Adam, he, he's serving everywhere. Um, he's running so many things. Um, and he's been doing that since he was in high school. So uh, he's going to share a little bit about his journey, coming to know how God wired him, gifted him. So. You can, uh, he's coming out of the dungeon. Hi, everybody. My spiritual gifting means I don't like being up here. <laughs> but I care about all of you. Um, a little bit of my story. Um, mine is a little bit more, I don't know, I don't want to say sad, but... I feel like for a long time growing up, I didn't feel very worthwhile. I didn't feel like I had like a real skill because um, I didn't have like one thing that I was like really proficient at. I don't know if you've ever heard uh, the phrase like jack of all trades, but a master of none. Um, that's kind of how I felt. Like I was really good at like doing little things here and there, but I was never really like perfect or really like the best at, at one thing. And I felt terrible about that for a long time. Um, and part of my story is I grew up in Laguna Niguel, um, it's like 30 minutes away, and I came here as a kid, grew up, grew up here, born and raised. Um, so my community was here, um, but that distance really made me feel disconnected. Um, and so I would make every attempt when I was in high school and college to like, be here as much as possible. And I didn't really know what I was going to do. I just knew I needed to be here. Um, and through that, I would 
get asked to randomly do this and that and help with things. Um, in high school, I was uh, in the worship band and I helped do sound and different things like that. Um, purely just because I was around and I was willing to do it. Um, I wouldn't say I'm really proficient at any of those things, but I, I learned a lot by like just being around and being willing to do whatever. Um, and through that, um, a lot of people have told me like, oh man, you're so willing to help. You're so willing to just do this and do that and be willing to serve. Um, and I kind of started to realize like, oh, I guess that's a thing. <laughs> I, can, I guess I can be good at like helping. <laughs> uh, I'm not really great at like being the person, but I'm good at helping make the person look good and do the thing. Um, I don't know. So I just, I've, I've grown up just like being a part of everything. Like you said, I'm, I'm involved. I have my hands in like everything because people know that I'm willing to like just jump in and just do it. Um, and that's one of the things that I started to realize is once, once I was doing those things, um, I really felt this joy of like, oh man, that event or that worship set was so good. I got to be a part of making that happen. I wasn't the person up there. But I got to be a part of setting up the gear, helping the band to sound good, um, helping with practice, helping make some Halloween fun event happen, doing decorations or teardown or whatever it is. Um, there's so many different ways you can serve, even if it's like going out with somebody to coffee and just listening to them. Um, hmm. Whatever it is, um, I just I think that service is definitely my gift. Uh, it took me a long time to find that, but when I do it, it brings me so much joy and it fills me. Um, uh, I love you guys um, I'm always back there <laughs> but I care about you guys a lot which is why I'm here all the time um, my encouragement to you guys is when you're searching don't be afraid to try things you might be like oh I like this this means this is my gift it might not be I really like science I went to college, got a degree, and don't use it. <laughs> Welcome to the world, everybody. <laughs> um, because I really like science, but I also like helping people. So I went into this sort of medical type degree, and I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. It's going to be so great. And I still do like that subject matter. But it wasn't for me, and it wasn't what I was gifted at, and I came to realize that. But I only came to realize that by like, trying things out did an internship, did a, a thing at school to do athletic training, and so I just tried different things. Um, so don't be afraid to like explore. Um, that's gonna be the only way you really find out what is your gift. Um, you're gonna, I think God will put on you this sense of like fulfillment, I guess. I mean, that only comes through him, and it's not because of anything you did, but you will feel a sense of joy and a sense of peace, and you're like, oh man, that's what he's calling you to. Um, so yeah, just be willing to, to try things and, and don't be afraid if something doesn't go well. Try something new. <laughs> That's all I have. I don't know if you have any questions. It's awesome. No, you're good. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's why... I mean, that's why Adam was, you know, that's why Adam is my best friend, because I am an upfront person, and I can't do that unless I have him, um, yeah, supporting and making it happen, so love you. <laughs> um, so, hey, here's, here's what we're going to do. Um,
we got five minutes left, and um, there's a there's a QR code on your uh, paper right there, and all you have to do with that is you hold your phone up to it, and it uh, if you hold your phone up to it with your camera app open, it should have a little thing that comes up, and you push that, and it goes to this survey uh, that Naya and Will spent like seven hours to create. Um, and it's not a spiritual gift survey. You might have done those before. We're calling this like a gifts survey because um, there's, there's many more things you could do practically to serve um, that's not necessarily on a spiritual gift survey. So um, we, we just want you to take like um, these like five minutes and, and just work on it. And uh, don't leave because I'm going to close this out at the end. But when you get your results, I want you to take a screenshot of them. Here's what it will look like when you get your results. Um, uh, so this was someone's, and they got like 23% was children's ministry. And then if you click details, well, I'm, I didn't take a screenshot of this, but go to the next one. If you click details on those, you, you know, under evangelism, I think there's a whole list here this long of ideas, specific practical ideas of how you could use that gift. And so the idea is that we would all use these the next two months. And so we'll, we'll get there in a second, but um, go ahead and take that quiz. If you need a phone, you can borrow a phone. Let me know. Yeah, you can click more details and it will show you different ideas. That's just a starting place for ideas. Um, hey, let's just take a pause really quick because it's, it's, it's past our time. I just want to say a couple things. I know that some of you guys are still working on this, but here's what I want. Um, over the next week, everybody who's here, um, with your results, I want you to find a way to talk to your leader. Um, about those. I want you to go and say, hey, here's what I got. And I want you guys to start having a discussion about how to use your gifts. Because um, that's what your leaders are here basically to help coach you um, through life and faith. So, um, so I want you to tell your leader. So that could be a text message today. That could be on, you know, on Wednesday. It could be next Sunday. So basically the next like, week or two, I want you to, to find time to just t talk to your leader because they want to help you figure out. Because the, the purpose of this is not just that you took a fun quiz. The purpose is that you would start using these gifts um, in your real life. And that's the actual eventual goal. So, cool. Next Sunday, you'll be able to hear some of the leaders sharing their gifts as they share these different seminars. So, uh, next Sunday, bring a friend. It's going to be awesome. We're going to keep talking about this. Um, yeah, so if you're still working on your survey, you can, you can keep doing it. But, um, cool. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have it written out um, if you clicked out your descriptions. Cool. Make sure you take a screenshot when you're done. All right. We love you guys so much. You are the light of the world. Go be the light. Peace out. <laughs>